listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. joining me on the female vc lab podcast in one line can you, you give me your name your title and the name of your fund eve muradian company is called funded i know it sounds funny but simplest and easiest way to call something that we wanted to get funded <laughs> so awesome. that's how we came up with the idea wonderful so now, what inspired you to become a, an investor or a venture capitalist? That's actually a long, long story. It comes from my background. Back in the day, I didn't know I'm going to do this and enjoy doing it. I was a consultant for tech companies, and it was fun at the beginning, but I never enjoyed completely working for big corporate companies. Mm-hmm. It kills the creativity of a person in some ways. And I started working on my own startups. And okay. one of my bosses, he became my first investor. Oh, wow. And I was fortunate to work with great people and they always trusted me. They trusted me to the point when he would ask me which companies he should invest in. So he had no background in investments and he wanted me to find different funds, different companies to invest in. And I had no knowledge in that. So I had to educate myself and I started reaching out to different funds, different investors. And it was in my early 20s. So to get some basic knowledge of how much he should invest, how he should diversify portfolio, mm-hmm. if he has half a million, how many funds or how many companies he should invest in, what amount should go there and this type of things. So I started learning and slowly we stopped working on investment side with that mm-hmm. person. And we moved to Silicon Valley with our own company. So after a couple of years, I realized people are still asking me which companies to invest in. It was really interesting. I was getting all those questions from different angel investors, early stage investors, because I had international background and I was in the heart of Silicon Valley and Mm -hmm. it was timing when blockchain, AI, machine learning, everything was going up and I was in the middle of it. So people would reach out to me and ask which companies to invest in. Awesome. I would just introduce them to cool companies and that was it. I never thought about making it my career until 
one day I have a friend who invested in a great company. It's AI-based company. Mm -hmm. They do filters and they were acquired uh, by Facebook. Oh, okay. So all the filters we see on Instagram and Facebook, these were developed. Yes. So we were talking to that investor and I was asking, I think I had my midlife crisis when I was 25. So I was asking him, what should I do next? Like next startup idea. He loved my idea for the new journey. The first one we successfully uh, finished. And then I was thinking, what is next? What's Mm -hmm. the big next step? And I was lost at that point of my life. So he introduced me to a few people that were completely out of my circle. And these people were video gamers. And I never thought I would be investing in video games. That was completely sudden, but I enjoyed it so much. I think that was the most beautiful period of my life establishing my preferences, my interests, working with companies, Mm -hmm. and bringing my expertise as a professional of the other side. I was always on the side as entrepreneur, but that gave me opportunity to see the other side, to see it as a VC, as a female VC, which Mm -hmm. is hard and rare, which I'm super grateful for that you put together a podcast and you help other female VCs, entrepreneurs, anyone who is listening to you to get more empowerment because it's very important for us to change the current game and open the doors for younger generations. Have our voices. This is yes. This is why this is the female VC Lab podcast. Yes. So I do have a couple of males I'm going to interview, but it's going to and be rare. And that's beautiful. It's going to be rare, but I because I really want the female voice out there because I think there are more of us than we know. And yes. if we're not getting our voices Lonely. out there, how yes. do we know? We just it's just like me by myself, but I know that's not the case. It gives us more confidence if we're not lonely and we know that yes. behind us it's hundreds and thousands of like minded women in the yeah. industry. Agreed. So was that the wrap up your of your story or Yes, I met the video okay, awesome. gamers and they told me they are putting together a fund. It was oh, first okay. time fund ever. And I had friends from Harvard that developed games and they became millionaires pretty quickly from having nothing to having millions within one year. That was spectacular. So I decided to introduce them, the fund, to some of my network, Mm -hmm. my friends. And I got interesting questions, interesting feedback that I never thought I would get. And type of questions they were asking were completely different other than a VC would ask a startup Mm -hmm. or a startup would ask a startup. That made me wonder there is something with the pitch that can be improved. So when I came back to the fund and to the fund manager, I gave the feedback. I had three phone calls. My background is in strategy. So I always try to work following the principles. So this is the point A, this is the point B. Mm-hmm. In order to get here, you need to do those steps. X, Y, Z steps. X, Y, Z, exactly. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I gave the feedback and I 
proposed steps for them to take. And I organized a few phone calls where they could ask questions and get the direct feedback. So they invited me to consult for a few months. They saw the value I could bring in. And after a few months, it became (laughs) two years and then it became a career. That's how I learned I can do this. And fundraising for the fund is a completely different story when it comes to... That is a whole other game. Yes. (laughs) It was interesting. That is a whole other game. You know about that 100%. Another... The pain... (laughs) But it's fun. But it's a reward, too. There's a reward of then you when you're successful, then you can help your company and and kind of do the next question, which is what is your investment thesis and what is the motivation behind your investment thesis? I am a big believer in IP. And I think Mm -hmm. that when creative people create something, and that's something I was very appreciated. I appreciated this a lot in the investment thesis we had. We did not take equity. We did deal by deal basis. And I will explain later how we came up with this and why it happened. Mm -hmm. So when you are someone very creative, very talented, and you use your talent, your beautiful mind to create something. Mm -hmm. I find it, I think it's a robbery when someone comes and just takes half of your company for a couple of millions or 30% or 20%, whatever it is. I, I don't like equity deals in general. That's my personal preference. And when it comes to games, it makes complete sense. Yes. I will explain that, why. Because that 100% makes sense in games. I, I am very familiar with games and gaming and the mechanics yes. of yes. that as well because their intellectual property is more like residual. Yes. You have that game and you keep playing it over and over and then you have game two, game three. I mean, if you look at Fortnite, if you look at... Uh, Thank you. What's, That's what's phenomenal the other game. I mean, they've got so many games. Uh, I can't think of the other one. The easiest sample I can bring <laughs> is an Angry Birds. Angry Birds, that's another hundreds one. Hundreds of games, right? Mm-hmm. The yes. company itself developed hundreds of games, but yes. only one game was successful. Correct. And profitable. So we don't want 99 games that are not profitable. Correct. We want to come in on the late stage and pick the game that is generating revenues in five to six months or already, and they need some capital or Mm. close. Or close to doing it. Mm -hmm. And this way we can predict success of the game using the machine learning algorithms and all the expertise, and Mm -hmm. they can keep the IP. They will just split the revenues with investors. Split the revenues. That makes sense. That's another mechanic, I'll just say royalty investments, that most people don't think about. If you look at Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful is the one that loves the royalty (laughs) investment. And it kind of makes sense because it's like, hey, I want to share the revenue with you. I'm taking a risk Nobody wants to wait three years, 10 years. But his point, you know, everybody laughs at that, but on some things, it really does make sense. And I agree for gaming, it's you not know, for everything. Yes. Uh, for, for gaming, it absolutely makes sense. Because if you got into a Fortnite or Grand Theft Auto or something like that, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, your upside there, A, was faster. And then B, continuous. 
Because you can mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, Absolutely. Grand Theft Auto 4. And the games now are like a little... Movies have gone more less into the the gaming side where they have the tentpole. But a game gaming is, is much bigger you, than movies. Oh, I, we I understand from a realize. financial side, the gaming yeah. is four or five. It's way bigger. But Absolutely. I'm also talking about like tentpole. So like Final Fantasy, they had one, two, three, four, five. But people still play Final Fantasy. And there's a whole anticipation around mm-hmm. some of these games. Merchandising. Like the different. Super Mario comes out. Like yes. everybody's ready to get the new Nintendo console comes out. Then everybody wants to get the Zelda game and the Super Mario game. And so really there is a lot of, of upside there from a finance perspective. Pandemic and lockdown, the sales yes. on the video games... That was crazy. They went up, up. I can't share the numbers, but that was better than Christmas. (laughs) I I can imagine because, you know, once you're done working or not working or reinvigorating your business or figuring out how to do what have you, playing games can be an outlet just like other things. Right. (laughs) Not necessarily so positive. So I, I could see how it's, let me try this game. Or let me, maybe their kids are playing a game. They're, they're teenagers. And they're like, let me play this game because my teenager's playing the game. And that's a way exactly. for them to bond. And 60% so, of Americans do that to have that bond with the kids. Yeah, amazing. That, mm-hmm. that well, was a, the first step in the investment world. And the team was amazing. I enjoyed working in the industry. I enjoyed working with uh, gamers, the best mm-hmm. people in the industry. I met amazing guys and girls creating games like Call of Duty, uh, Call Fortnite, of you name that it. One. That was another <laughs> big one, Call of Duty. Yes, that's a very interesting game. and uh, That's a very each, interesting game, yes. Each version of the game would take two years to be developed. Yes. So mm-hmm. as a result, they had two different studios working on it. So they would have release every year. Because Mm -hmm. gamers want to have something new every year. So I met both teams. (laughs) And the funny story was that they didn't know each other. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. They were siloed like that. That's that's very interesting. (laughs) So they had the maintenance crew that was releasing once a year. And then they had the main like line people that were waiting to... Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. That's interesting. They have a huge team working on distribution side. On Oh, yeah. that, that I do know a little bit about gaming. My, <laughs> my brother is the large gamer in the house, so I know wow. all about that. That's a great uh, industry to be in when you're a teenager. They make very decent amount of income just mm-hmm. playing games. Very true. And now they've created this whole other... It's interesting because if you think about gaming and how it's it was online, and then they had the esports, so they created this yes. whole other kind AI of online, and, e-sports and then they have another, AI. Yeah, think yes. about all the things that they've created around gaming, just huge and massive. Yes, it's just really fascinating. A lot of those business and revenue models there. So, what are you currently learning, or listening to, or reading these days? Ooh, I I try to do something new every month, every week. So when it comes to my favorite book, my latest favorite would be Ray Dalio, Principles. Oh, Ray Dalio, yeah. When it comes to what I'm currently learning, it's a cooking class by Harvard oh. University. 
maybe I should be taking that as well. <laughs> just work I'm not on the best diversifying. Of, I'm not the best of cooks, so maybe I should just take that just for they use uh, general information. Too. That makes it's it so makes, interesting. Cooking is chemistry in, in the end, and it's algorithms, recipes, right. or algorithms. So it would be interesting. It makes sense. <laughs> it's a mixture of. It's a chemistry. You mix yes. different things. You get some super reaction. You get a result. <laughs> you may get a reaction. Yeah. Hopefully it's a positive one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So when it's an interesting story and off topic, I met uh, a couple and they were telling about a friend of ours, a wonderful young model. They told me she loves cooking. They said she cooks a lot. So we were staying together and that's when it came to me that she cooks a lot, but she doesn't know how to cook. So I woke up midnight from the fire alarm. <laughs> wow. I, I think, haven't done that one. <laughs> I, that have, I haven't burned water either. So that's I, ha- I haven't gone there either. But if you've gotten to the point where you set off the fire alarm, then you need to stay out of the kitchen. I'm going to learn and share some FYI. knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be good. I'll have you back on and you can share some cooking. (laughs) So here's a bonus question for you. So if we're talking in two years, it's 2022. How do you see venture capital having changed in one or two years from now? Oh, that's a great question. I see a lot of activities from friends who are top tier managers in different tech companies and they just want to invest for fun. And they, they do small sizes of checks. For them, the whole fun is taking the risk and picking the companies that they really are passionate about and they can help. So I have noticed with my network in the past year, I see a lot of different co-investment opportunities, like different clubs where you can come in with the smaller size of the check And they can use blockchain technology to help this happen. So if Mm -hmm, I can only invest 50,000, but the company is fundraising on the late stage. And technically, if I was just one angel investor, I could never get in. But with some club, I can get in as one of the investors. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting trend to witness. I think it will become more and more popular as more people want to invest in different ideas and companies. That's also, that's, it. that's interesting. And I'll caveat that as well, because I've noticed too, that a lot of investors are doing that. They're like pulling, like it's almost like making a mini fund and they're pulling their, their investment yes. and doing it as one big, kind of one big yes. line on the cap that's table, trendy. Mm-hmm. which is very trending. But if you think about like SPVs or SPACs or things of that nature, the same thing where it's okay we're going to give you this big pool of money and then we're going to just be one line on the cap table but then that's absolutely unless you have a blockchain or some other blockchain is becoming popular in those industries as well well i mean that that i I would want mine on a blockchain because it's okay from the cap table perspective i got so much percentage not only that like from the recording side of it because if 10 of us got together and some people put in more and some people put in less, how do you monitor? How do you, when it comes back, how do you say who got what? Then exactly. there's an argument. So yes. there's more work on my side as an investor if there's no kind of other 
accounting mechanism. That's what I'll call it. So a blockchain is perfect for that. Absolutely. What else can be interesting in the nearest future? I think every crisis is a great opportunity. People, 100%. Some people see something horrible happening. I see a big opportunity for tech companies. Massive I mean, think about it. In 2008, we had companies like Lyft and Uber. And if I'm not mistaken, Airbnb was Airbnb the came same out of there. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Lyft, Uber, look at Slack came out around that time. You know, look so I'm at, excited look at, to see what know. comes out of this crisis. It should be something completely different, completely uh, unexpected. Like, who would think you could get a car using your cell phone back in the day, right? Now it's a new normal. Now we're just, think about the explosion of, like, Postmates and yes. things of that nature. Hey, I can just basically go online and order my food and it shows up. Really, that was a rarity. If the restaurant delivered, that was like, wow, that's a special place. Now it's everything's delivering. Everything is delivered. So if you think about like, how is that going to, what's the next level of companies that are going to come from that, those types of activities? Absolutely. So it's going to be interesting. I'm or is excited. there going to be consolidation? Like maybe some things will consolidate. It's going to be interesting. Interesting to see. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. So how do people contact you? They can reach me out on LinkedIn. I have all my contact information on LinkedIn. Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I'm always there to help. All right. Thank you so much, Eva, from FundMe for being my guest on the Female VC Lab my podcast. Pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. You as well. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.